Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 215 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the kooky creatrix behind Kick-Ass Witch, Putting the K in Magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and All That Good Shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode, back on Blog Talk Radio, and I'm so delighted there's a dove, there's a dove sitting outside my window going, ooh, ooh, I love that sound. They usually do it in the morning, but it's coming up on noon. I had a really crazy, nutty morning. I will spare you the details, but there might have been tears. There might have been some stress and some shocking, uh, two separate pieces of shocking information (laughs) that had me like, whoo, jumping through hoops. And I did it. And now I feel a great sense of relief. But this show might be going up slightly late today. I'm not really sure. Let's see how quickly I can pull this together and get a little meme going on Facebook and all that stuff that I do you know, for every episode. Also, when I don't talk to you for a couple weeks, because I take the last week of the month off, which is glorious, when I'm setting up my microphone and everything, I always get this weird nervous feeling like, what if I forget how to do it? What if I can't do it? What if I have nothing to say? Like still 215 episodes in, and I still get that weird, like, I don't know, just this strange, I get, I guess I get out of practice when I'm not doing it like all the time a couple weeks go by and I'm like, how do I do this again? So let's do this. Let's do this thing. Happy, happy March. Um, last month's theme here on Hippy Witch and all things Kick-Ass Witch was love, self-love primarily. I think I spoke about self-love mostly on Patreon, but we spoke about it here too. And, um, this month's theme March, the theme is resistance, which might actually seem like the complete opposite of last month's theme with love and self-love, but I am here to tell you that the two can totally go hand in hand, and they do for me, and so this feels like a natural progression. I have known that I was going to speak about resistance all through the month in which I was speaking about love. And it really taught me how closely the two can be intertwined. And I'm talking, I'm not talking about the resistance, hashtag the resistance. (laughs) This isn't a political thing. I'm talking about that inner resistance you feel in response to your own desires. That super annoying habit I'm not saying you do have, but you could have, of sabotaging your own best laid plans. That resistance is really self-love in disguise. Boom, boom, boom. (laughs) That was a big insight for me to realize that. And it's very helpful too. just having that thought. I'm going to break it down further and get into that in today's episode, but that's really what I'm going to say over and over and over again. 
inner resistance is self-love in disguise. So in my last newsletter, the one I sent out yesterday, um, I was talking about how way, 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 way back in the day, I did not clarify when this was, but a long time ago for me, um, I chose to completely opt out of the pursuit of success, which was a big deal to me because I've always been very ambitious. I've always had a lot of dreams, but there's a long, many years long period in my life when I literally chose to opt out of the pursuit of success and how even though I had cleverly disguised my reasons for that, um, I disguised it as being that I was just too cool for school. I was too cool to care, man. I was just like an artist and I did not need all of this like external validation or money, <laughs> like, which is a big problem when you have to pay your bills. Uh, so that's kind of how I hid that. Um, but the real reason why I opted out of success, and keep in mind at that point, my idea of success was like, I have to win an Oscar. I have to sell my screenplay for a million dollars. Like it was, the, the bar I set for myself was so high. It was extremely intimidating. And so I did nothing. <laughs> I did nothing. Because it was just like, I was like looking up at like these impossible mountains and going like, oh, hell no. The real reason that I opted out was because I did not feel worthy. I did not feel worthy of the success I not only pretended not to want, but that I actually craved with such ferocity that it often tortured me. I felt tortured inside by these two conflicting me's. Um, I wanted it, but I didn't think I could have it, so I pretended that I didn't want it as a way of protecting myself. I was protecting myself from my own disappointment, really, and the judgment of other people, or what I perceived would be the judgment of other people, which I guess really was just my judgment of myself. At least I was trying to. I was trying to protect myself from that. It didn't work. <laughs> um, and even though that may seem like a gross act of self-sabotage, it was also, in a sick and twisted way, my very best attempt at self-love. I was trying to keep myself safe. And I think that we can all agree that trying to keep someone or something safe is an act of love. So I was loving myself. I was just trying to keep myself safe. I was protecting myself. I wanted to protect my own feelings because my feelings were very intense about my hopes and dreams. And I just had this built-in self-sabotage mechanism that was like, oh no, honey, don't go after that. It's going to hurt too much if you don't get it. Have you ever done something like that? I, I cannot be alone here in this. I know I'm not because the coaching calls I do, I know that many, 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 many other people do this to themselves and they beat up on themselves about it. So it's got layers to it. So not only are you self-sabotaging, but you're hating yourself for the self-sabotaging. And it can be a really vicious cycle like that. So I would invite you now to ask yourself, have I ever done something like that? Have I ever wanted something so bad? A romance, an experience, a job, a career, but wound up sabotaging my own efforts with 
self-doubt, or feelings of unworthiness? Pause so you can answer that. (laughs) Maybe you convinced yourself that you didn't want that thing after all, even though deep down inside you knew that was a lie. A lie like that will fester inside. It, It doesn't work. You can't really lie to yourself like that. You can try. You can try. You can try. And so many of us do. But, but the lie feels like a lie. It festers inside. It will not let you be. And that's a good thing. Your desires are part of what make you uniquely you. They, they're what inspire you to reach and expand and grow and evolve and become. And when they, your desires, when they come from a genuine place, from your heart or from your soul, they will not be so easily swept aside, even in the face of the most convincing argument. And an argument, a resistance that comes from within is the most convincing argument of all. You know how to outsmart yourself better than anyone else does. <laughs> and so you have two choices. You can either let that unrequited desire burn and fester and rot inside of you until you become a bitter, brittle, and brimming with seizing seething resentment kind of person on the outside. Other people can feel that, FYI. Um, Or you can figure out how to get both sides of you on board with seeing that conscious desire, the thing that's on your vision board, the thing that you tell everybody you want. How do you get both sides of you on board and seeing that to fruition? Those are the two choices you have. Turn into a bitter shithead or get both of you, both sides of you on board with the vision. Um, so that is why I called this show The Two-Headed Beast of Desire. You are the two-headed beast of desire. I actually believe there are many, many, many more yous inside of you than just these two. But we're just going to talk about these two today. I think every archetype that you can think of lives within you, and there are many voices and ideas and conflicting desires and compatible desires, all like swimming. I think the anima mundi, the world soul, is you. Everything that exists is within you, as within, so without, as above, so below. We're very complicated that way, but it helps just to like bring it down small. So let's just say there's two yous inside of you and you are the two-headed beast of desire. (laughs) So you can literally split yourself in two with the wanting and denying or the striving and the self-sabotage. I feel very confident that you all know what I'm talking about. I feel like this is just a very human thing that we all do. Um, And then whenever I think, I think I've mentioned this before, but I'm going to mention it again. Whenever I think of this idea of like this two-headed beast of desire, two popular images come to mind for me. One, is he purple or blue? I feel like he's blue. One is that blue two-headed monster from Sesame Street. You know, like, like they talk like that to each other. <laughs> There's two heads on one fuzzy blue monster. And um, sometimes they get into arguments with themselves. And um, 
Like literally they will try to go in two different directions before finally coming together in agreement. So they'll either be arguing over something like they have two conflicting desires. One episode that comes to mind is um, one of the heads wants to play trumpet and one of the heads wants to sleep. And because they're connected to the same body, obviously playing trumpet and going to sleep are not compatible. So they argue and um, they're so cute. They often resolve these arguments by going, cooperate, oh, cooperate, yo, cooperate. (laughs) And in this episode, they learn to cooperate. So the guy that wants to play trumpet, he plays like a lullaby, like a bedtime lullaby. And the other guy falls asleep to the lullaby. And then ultimately, the trumpet player plays himself to sleep. It's very sweet. Um, There's one that they're, they're spelling out the word run, like, er, run, 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 oh, run. And then they both like try to run in opposite directions and almost pull their body apart. And then they try to run, they reverse course and then they slam into each other before they finally like get on board and run in the same direction. <laughs> and before I let the, the Sesame Street monsters go, I have to say, I don't know which episode this is. I saw, I saw a lot of Sesame Street um, when my kid was younger. <laughs> And I loved these guys. I don't remember loving them when I was a kid, but I, I did love them when Tanner was little and we would watch Sesame Street. But one time they were arguing and they they do not, one speaks a little bit better than the other, but they, they finally got to that like cooperate place. And they're going, you right, you right, you right, you right. So that's like become something that I do around here. Like, oh, you right, you right, <laughs> you right. I hope you're still with me because I'm having this whole like, Jog down memory lane with the two-headed monsters of Sesame Street. <laughs> Let's get it witchier here. Let's bring it back around to magic. Um, the other image that comes to mind when I think about the two-headed beast of desire is um, when I think about this phenomenon I'm talking about here. It's the chariot card in the tarot, which I've definitely talked about before and more than once, but it certainly bears repeating in this context. So for those of you who don't know, the chariot card, there's a guy driving a chariot and um, two horses are pulling it. One is black, one is white. And the way I have always, I think, seen the chariot is... The charioteer's job is to get these two horses going in the same direction. So you can have one horse that wants to like sit down and eat the grass. You can have another horse that wants to go, go, go. Or the horses could want to go in two totally different directions. They could end up tipping the chariot over or stalling it. or um, All kinds of havoc can break loose if you're a charioteer and the horses that you're trying to move forward, if they don't want to go in the same direction or one wants to move and the other doesn't. So I think that's a great bit of imagery to consider when you're thinking about this. Like, how would you get both horses to go in the same direction? What would you do? Would you scream and yell at them? Would you beat them? Would you freak them out even further? Or would you maybe, you know, like, get clever and love them, talk to them nicely, give them some carrots, maybe dangle one, you know, carrots in front of them going in the direction that you want it to go in. Um, And that's a clue to what I'm talking about here. Both the Sesame Street monster with the cooperate. How do you get the two sides of you to cooperate? Or if you're considering the chariot, like, 
how do you lovingly seduce these two horses to go into the same direction so that you can actually get some motion going? I think that first, you know, when I'm talking about like you don't beat and scream and yell at the horses because you're just going to freak them out further. That's really important to note because it's important to not shame yourself for the self-sabotage, which is I think the first thing so many of us go to is we feel bad about ourselves. Like, why are we doing this? Why can't we make ourselves do the thing we want to do? We're the ones that want to do it. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. It's very frustrating. It can be very embarrassing if you've made an announcement like, hey, I have this thing coming out, everybody. Look at me. Look at me. And then it never comes out. Or I'm going to run that race. And then your family's like, hey, whatever happened to that race? And you're like, oh, well. And then you start like coming up with all of these crazy excuses. Um, The more you beat up on yourself, the more you're digging that pattern in deep. You're making it worse. Not only are you making yourself feel like crap, but you're setting yourself up to continue on that path into infinity until you figure out that being mean to yourself is not the answer. Just think about those horses. That's a good thing to keep in mind when you're being rude to yourself for self-sabotage. Don't be a jerk to you. You don't beat up on yourself. You're just going to freak yourself out more, just like those horses. You have to, like, get off the chariot, pet the horse, talk nice to it, give it an apple. Ooh, you're so pretty. You have to do that for yourself sometimes. (laughs) This is really a call for self-love. And you get to the place of self-love or compassion for yourself by asking This is going to get tricky. I'm going to try to be very clear. By asking your sabotaging self, the the you that wants to sabotage your best laid plans, why is it refusing to get on board with your conscious desire? And, And really, ask why and look for the answers. You can approach this side of yourself in meditation or by journaling, which works out really great for me. Um, I love journaling. Sometimes it's weird. I'll just start journaling and... There's some magic to me in writing, I guess. Like I like a lot of times when I go to write a newsletter, I I don't know what I'm going to say and then by the end of it I'm like, "Hey, that was pretty smart." <laughs> that that feels true, but I had no idea where it came from. It just sort of like comes out that way. And journaling is like that for me. It's like the answers like come out of the pen and I feel like it's just about showing up with the pen and asking the question. Um, And I think we're all a little bit different. So that might happen for you in meditation when you ask, like, why is this part of me refusing to get on board with my desire? You could use um, prayer, oracle cards, whatever it is you usually use to get in sync with your inner self or the divine. Do that and then simply ask, you know, like, why are you preventing me from moving forward on this desire? What is it you want? And then maybe you can ask, what experience are you trying to create? And then once you've got some answers, don't worry if they're true or not. Um, I think true answers feel true. You're like, oh, yeah, that feels good. You'll have probably that moment before you start unraveling it and overthinking it. That's usually how it works for me. (laughs) Um, The overthinking comes after the hit of like, yes, that's true. Um, So don't just 
trust your first instinct, write down what first comes to mind. Once you've got a handle on that, once you've got an answer, let's say the answer is it wants to keep you safe. That part wants to keep you safe. You can then thank it. Thank it for that. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. Thank you for looking out for me and wanting to protect me that way. And then you can work on a strategy that will build in a sense of safety around your conscious desire. That's when you start cooperating. (laughs) You start being like, okay, I have to acknowledge that you're afraid and you need to feel safe while we do this. So um, maybe some examples would be good here. Um, So if you're afraid to launch your own online business because you're afraid you won't be able to make ends meet, you don't have to like quit your day job. You can keep your day job and then like start working on your business part time just on the weekends. You know, you don't have to freak yourself out and make the big leap so dramatic. You can ease your way into it and start saving money in the bank and start making sure that part of you, which I would say is a pretty smart part of you that wants to make sure you make ends meet, <laughs> let's make sure you're making ends meet. And then you can feel safe while you're pursuing your business. Or you can get a part-time gig just to help cover your basic expenses, something like that. If you're afraid to really commit to that new diet program that you're so excited about. You want to do it, but every time you try, you come up with a bunch of excuses. You know, the part of you that's making excuses is afraid. It's trying to protect you from something. Um, so maybe it's afraid that you will miss out on the comfort of, of your favorite foods uh, because you get a lot of comfort from your favorite foods. Uh, maybe you can compromise with that voice by making a game out of experimenting with healthy new alternatives to your favorites. I always think it's easier for people to find new favorites than it is to start cutting things out. So then you can gently start replacing old favorites with new favorites and you don't get that panicked sense of deprivation. Um, So like you can make a game of trying new recipes or products on the weekend, maybe one a weekend And you can promise yourself that you will not stop doing this until you find a replacement for every single favorite that is just as delicious and satisfying and fun. And um, you can give yourself time to do that. You don't have to have to like rush yourself along to where, you know, that resistance kicks up as long as you truly commit to the search for new favorites, and to trying at least one new recipe or product every single weekend, like you're committed to doing that every weekend, you'll eventually make progress on achieving your desire without freaking out the other part of yourself that refuses to put down the bag of chips. (laughs) So you're just like, you're not like, put those chips down, you pig, why are you doing this? Ha ha ha. You're just like, hey, check out these chips. Aren't they delicious? And that part of you is like, oh my gosh, they are delicious. And then you can just gently like take the old bad for you bag of chips and throw it in the trash. And the part of you that's grooving on the new favorite doesn't even notice it's happened. (laughs) Um, Isn't it funny that we have to play these funky tricks on ourselves? Magic tricks. They're magic tricks. Um, I enjoy this kind of thing. I enjoy talking about it. In practice, I enjoy it too, but it's it's not as easy as just chit-chatting about it here on um, my podcast. <laughs> it requires some conscious effort. Uh, another example might be if you're worried about losing yourself in 
a romantic relationship. I know a lot of people, men, I think, do this a lot. They sabotage relationships sometimes, like even when it's good. Sometimes when it's really good, they, they're more inclined to do it. Um, and maybe that's because you have a history with codependence. You know, you've been in a bad codependent relationship and you, you never want that to happen again. So you can strike a deal with yourself that says you will make at least two dates a week. I'm just pulling this out of the air. I don't know what it would be for you. Let's just pretend that this is what it is. You make at least two dates a week to either hang out with in person or at least have a nice long chat on the phone with your friends, with your best friend, with your group of friends, whatever it is. Um, you're going to dedicate you know, two dates a week to this so that this new romance does not monopolize all your time and take you away from your friends. So you do this as a kind of anchor. You make a commitment to that. Come hell or high water, two times a week I'm hanging out with my friends. And that lets the the frightened part of you know that you're going to invest just as much in your family of friends as you are in this new romance. And in that way, this time will be different. You're not going to hit rock bottom if the romance doesn't work out. You're still going to have so much love around you and your family or friends. You're not going to lose yourself and lose your identity in one person because you're spreading the love around. Um, it's like that. And if you have any experience with codependent relationships, by the way, I think that in this context of what we're talking about here today, the gift with that experience that you have experience as as being codependent, the gift with that is that you actually probably have a better understanding of the dynamics of self-sabotage. You're kind of having like a codependent relationship with yourself. <laughs> so when you look at self-sabotage as two conflicting the desires, blah, 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 two conflicting desires, the desire for freedom and love versus the desire for control and safety, you can see quite clearly how the two can coexist. So use your experience with codependence to um, approach this other thing we're talking about here today, this two-headed beast that lives within. And uh, remember too, just above all, everything I'm saying today is that the resistance you feel within to your own dream, it must be met with compassion and in the spirit of curiosity. Just Get curious about yourself um, and those hidden conflicting desires so that you can get to a place of compassion and even love. Um, and then once you're feeling like, oh, I see, you're just scared. I'm so sorry. Okay, thank you for looking out for me. Once you get to that place, then you can devise a strategy that gets both sides of you on board. I'm going to be talking about resistance all month here on the podcast, as well as on Patreon and the newsletters on the blog and the videos. So we will have plenty of time to really dig into this idea of resistance further. But for now, I think this is a good start. This is a good start. This is everything I wanted to say to get today. Pushing against resistance only strengthens it. You have to seduce those conflicting desires with a bit of finesse and buckets of love and carrots and apples. And when you get to a place where you can love all the parts of yourself, even the scared, controlling parts, life will start to get easier. 
and a whole lot more fun. Your chariot will start to move in one smooth direction. <laughs> and when it doesn't, you'll know why and you can get it back on track. So that's it for today, my friends. I hope you are having a beautiful day. Uh, let's see, do I have something to tell you? Yes, I do. The Spring Equinox Module of the Psycho Spiritual Wheel of the Year. It is up on gumroad.com slash Joanna DeVoe. It's on my website. It is available right now. And uh, we're doing it. We're doing it. The Spring Equinox is just a couple weeks away. And this is a really fun module where... It gets you out into the elements. It's about working with the four elements, among other things. It's a really fun one. So if you want to join me for that, check out gumroad.com slash Joanna DeBoe, and you'll find it. Gum as in chewing gum, road as in get your chariot on the road. And until we meet again, much love to you. Peace. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.